Well, welcome to another episode of Relentless Pursuits Podcast. My name is Sean Claybrooks, and I am the host. Today, I want to talk about innovation. Innovation. You know, I'll start out with a story. Um, there were two workers. Um, they had worked for a company for over 20 years. And um, as they worked for this company, they handled, they had one responsibility and that's what they did for over 20 years. Well, their supervisor retired after 25 years. So they were um, reassigned to a new supervisor. Well, this new supervisor that came on board was younger, um, had, you know, graduated from college, and was just, you know, ready to move on and do some things different. So this new supervisor introduced, you know, some new tasks and um, just some new things that these two workers had to do. Um, the two workers became very angry, um, you know, stating that, you know, we always, we've always done things like this. We've been doing this for over 20 years, you know, why we need to change? You know, everything is good, we shouldn't have to change. Well, the supervisor, you know, continued, um, you know, letting them know, no, this is what you're going to do now. I need you to do this. Um, and I need you just to follow my directives. It's very important that you follow my directives. We're not going to do things the way you're used to doing them. And well, these ladies, you know, they didn't like it. Um, and they continued to complain. They continued to resist. Um, and they did not want to um, submit to what this new supervisor was saying. In fact, they went as far as saying that the new supervisor did not think they were doing a good job. The new supervisor thought that they were, um, you know, they were not good enough. When in all actuality, this was not the intentions of the new supervisor. The new supervisor was just innovative, right? The new supervisor was, you know, being creative and creating new ways, right, to do a thing so that it would have a greater impact. And these ladies, let me tell you what happened to these two employees. What was going on with them was they had become stagnant and didn't even realize they were stagnant. Wow, imagine that, you become stagnant, you become stuck, and not even realize that you are. But everybody around you, everyone that heard those two employees complaining all day long, because you know, that's what stagnant people do. They complain, right? They take things wrong. Something can be said that's not even um, meant uh, to harm or hurt. And a person who's stagnant can only hear. They don't even hear clearly, right? So they take things wrong. They complain. They murmur. They bicker. All because they don't want to step out and do the new thing that's required of them. You know, I want to read a quote to you from an unknown author, and that quote is, as time progresses, the old ways that have no place in the future will gradually disappear. I'm going to read that again. As time progresses, the old ways that have no place in the future will gradually disappear. You know, as, as you're listening to this today, you know, I always... Um, love for us to do self-assessments where we look inward and ask ourselves, you know, the following questions. Because I want you to remember, transformation requires you to ask yourself some really tough questions and to be honest with your answers. And a lot of times we hear messages and we go to seminars and, you know, we hear different things and we're always trying to assess 
everybody else around us. Oh, that sounds like Bob. That sounds like my husband. That sounds like my wife. No, what we want to do, we want to always look inward. And we want to ask ourselves some questions. And what I want you to ask, I want to ask you first, and I want you to ponder this. You know, can you identify an area in your life that has become stagnant? Maybe it's a habit. You know, maybe it's a practice. Maybe it's a routine that hasn't been changed or challenged in years. You see, these employees had worked this job for 20 years and no one ever challenged them to do something different. Think about that. You're somewhere 20 years doing the same thing, right? And when you do the same thing, you get the same results, right? You can't do the same thing and expect different results. You know, but in order to change, and if you want different results, it's going to require you to change and transform. I was having a conversation, me and my husband this morning, and he was saying, you know, oh, a change is coming. I know a change is coming. And, you know, I was in agreement. Yes, a change is coming. But the thought that came to me was, you know, the change has to be within each and every one of us. You see, so many times we're asking God to change our situation. Lord, I need this to change. Lord, I need this situation to change. I need that situation to change. And God is saying, I need you to change. Let me say that again. So many times we're praying, we want this thing to change. We want this situation to turn around. We want this business to turn around. Whatever it is, you want something to change. Make sure that the change that you want Make sure that you're accurately seeing that situation. Because if you're not accurately seeing that situation, you're gonna be praying for something, for an outward change that requires an inward change of your soul, your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions. But before any of that can change, we have to change how you think, right? We have to change how you think. You know, the word of God tells us that, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you can have thoughts all day long going through your mind, but it's how you think in your heart that determines the results you'll have. So again, it's how you think in your heart that determines what will take place in your life. You know, in Bible school many, many years ago, Kenneth Hagin um, said this following, gave us this example that was so impactful. He said, you know, birds, no one can stop the birds from flying over your head, right? Birds might start flying over your head. No one can stop the birds from flying over your head. But what we can stop is them actually sitting there and making a nest. Right, We can stop that, but we can't stop them from flying over your head, but we can stop them from making a nest. That's the same thing with our thought life. You know, thoughts are going to come, right? You're a human being. You're a, you're a spirit. You're a spirit. You live in a body. You possess a soul. Your soul contains your will, your intellect, your emotions, right? So you're going to have thoughts, right? But you can stop and you can determine, you can arrest those thoughts that will um, cause damage to your life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about innovation, y'all. That's the title of this series that I'm going to do, Innovation, the Pathway to Progress. And you might say, well, 
what is innovation, you know? What in the world are you talking about? What is innovation and what does that have to do with being stagnant? Well, I want you to just keep listening, keep tuning in. It'll all make sense in a little bit, right? So innovation is about developing new ways for solving problems, you know? I had read this awesome book, y'all, The Myths of Innovation, um, written by a gentleman, last name is, last name is Birkin, and you know, it's anything. He says that innovation is anything offered that represents a significant positive change for whomever it is offered to. You know, when people hear the word innovation, um, they think um, that it means something that's never, ever been around before right? But I want you to remember, it does not always imply that. Innovation does not always imply something that's never, ever been around before. You know, it, it could be an idea that already existed. And, you know, someone takes that idea and they expand that idea. So that's all a part of innovation. You know, I'll give you an example of that is when 1925, uh, the typewriter, you know, one a typewriter was introduced, right? 1925, and I don't know about y'all, I used to type, I had a class in uh, middle school, we had to take a typing class. And in that class, the instructor would stand in front of the classroom and she would holler out the letters, you know, that's on the keys of a, a typewriter. And she'd say, A, S, D, F, G, H, J, K, L, right? And your fingers had to type and you had to look up at her and type, they wanted you to get accustomed to that keyboard. Well, after taking that class for some time, um, we actually had to stop um, taking the class and she came in one day, the instructor, and said, listen, um, we're going to put a halt to this because we're transitioning to computers. Well, we had never heard of computers, you know. Well, and, and then I think they were they were like a, a thought for way out in the future. We didn't think, you know, we were going to get any computers. Well, you know, the time came where computers were delivered to our school and we had to learn how to operate these computers. And when the computer was introduced, it was new and there were mixed, there were mixed reactions. Some students were excited and some students was like, I don't want to learn that. It looks too hard. And some people even laughed at the idea of computers, um, that they were just useless, that it was, it was no need to, why do we need to stop using the typewriter when, you know, it, it's doing what we need to get done. Why do we need a computer? Innovation, innovation, innovation. You know, when you can't perceive a new thing, you won't understand the value of that new thing. So if you cannot perceive a new thing, if you cannot perceive a new thing that's occurring, you will never understand the value that that new thing has to offer. You know, um, the word of God says, uh, I'm going to do a new thing in your life. God says, I'm, I come, I'm going to do a new thing in your life. Well, if you don't understand the value, number one, the value of what he's about to do in your life. And if you don't perceive that you need this new thing, because God, you know, he doesn't waste his time. He doesn't waste his time and neither do creators and people who create things, innovative people. They don't waste their time. You know, they're, they're doing things on purpose, right? And that's how God is. When he tells you he's going to do a new thing in your life, number one, you need it and you just don't know how bad you need a new thing. You ever have people around you and they never tell you something you need to change or you, you need to do something a little different. They won't tell you. Now, it's a lot of reasons why people won't tell you. Sometimes people won't tell 
tell you because they try to tell you and you wouldn't listen, right? So if you don't listen, people just lead you to your own demise, right? You don't listen to people. But sometimes it's fear. But you know, what, the, what does the word of God always tell us? Fear not, fear not, fear not. Every time God's about to do something new in your life or something different, it, it's always fear not, fear not. Why? Because I'm with you, right? So when you have God with you, whatever new thing he's about to do, it's going to be good. Now, I will tell you, it may not feel good at the time that he's doing it because I want you to understand something. Comfortable. Sometimes we are comfortable in situations that are totally dysfunctional. You know, just because something is comfortable, and, and I just, I always say this to people, just because something is comfortable, just because you're comfortable, it does not mean you're in the will of God. It does not mean you're doing the thing you're supposed to do just because you're comfortable. In fact, um, comfort can be an indication that you need to grow. I'm going to say that again. I know, I know that's deep, y'all. Sometimes comfort is an indication that you need to grow. Because when you're comfortable, you really, what, what's going on with your expectations? Sometimes you don't even realize that you have lost your expectation for better, for greater, for different, right? So sometimes God has to come and just kind of make you a little uncomfortable, right? What makes you uncomfortable? You start getting frustrated, right? Because the thing that you're doing is not bringing you that joy it once did. Why? You need to change. You need to change. You need to um, become innovative. Imagine if people were working and the computer, the uh, typewriter, they were working that typewriter, right? And you had to roll the paper in the typewriter. And then every time you wanted to type a new sentence, you had to hit that bar when you was typing on a typewriter. But a computer, imagine the people who was working with typewriters, they refused to move into the era where computers were introduced. Imagine that, where would they be? What would happen to him? What was that quote we read earlier? We talked about how when things begin to change, the old slowly is done away with. You know, so your value will go down. You're not even valuable anymore because you're not up to date. You're not current. And that's what happens. You lose your value when you refuse to grow, when you refuse to be creative, when you refuse to be innovative. You lose your value. Have you lost your value? Have you lost your value? You know, think about... Um, there are things around us all the time that speaks innovation, speaks innovation. And I want you to think of McDonald's, McDonald's, yeah. You know, McDonald's, it opened in 1942. Brothers opened McDonald's, y'all. Their names were Dick and Mac, right? You know, McDonald's, right? I don't know how they put that together to form the name, but the name was not always McDonald's, right? It used to be McDonald's Speedy Service. And they had a real, um, a limited menu. The menu was only hamburgers for 15 cents, cheeseburgers for 19 cents, malt shakes for 20, french fries for 10 cents, and they only served orange drink, root beer, coffee, coke, and milk, right? And they prided themselves on keeping their menu extremely small so that what they offered, so their kitchen staff could keep up with the orders. So they were known as McDonald's Speedy Service. 
Well, as years progressed, they began to expand their menu and they had to expand their logo, you know, because the McDonald's logo was not always those golden arches. It used to be a man, right, who was running y'all and it was called McDonald's Speedy Service and it advertised, they were advertising how fast they were, right, how quick they were, how fast they could go. And so um, that logo went through a lot of adjustments, a lot of periods of change and transformation to get to the golden arches. Did you know that McDonald's, the logo is so well known? And according to some research conducted by the International Olympic Committee, the golden arches are the most legendary corporate logo, y'all, in the entire world being recognized by more people than the Christian cross. Did you hear that? The McDonald's logo. You can't go to another country. There's nowhere you can go, right, um, where they don't know the golden arches. China, right, Europe, Russia, Switzerland, Kenya, everywhere you go, you know, Lagos, everywhere, y'all, Bahamas, they know the golden arches, right? So, you know, being innovative, that's a global thing. It's not just you know, a thing that's, uh, that just takes place here in the United States. Innovation is global and not everyone, I want you to remember, not everyone has the desire to be innovative. However, however everyone has the capacity. And guess what it begins with y'all? It begins with the way you think. You know, innovation is not exclusive to a few, but it transcends all boundaries. You know, race, gender, age, educational levels, occupations, languages, and locations. You know, it's not reserved for just a few. You know, the stay-at-home mom, do you know how many stay-at-home moms created things and were innovative and, and their ideas just burst and was able to benefit so many people? You know, what about caretakers. They they spend time taking care of those who are ill and sick and their innovations. They have developed things that just have made a difference in the lives of people. So again, innovation is not just reserved for certain type of people. You know, if you want to make a difference and an impact in the life of other people and you yield your heart to God, he will give you innovative ideas, y'all. He'll give you things to do that's going to benefit, but you got to move you out the way. You got to move you out the way because innovation is not for the selfish at heart. Innovation is for the humble. Innovation is for people who want to be a blessing to people all around them, right? I'm going to give you an example to let you know just how innovation ideas can come through anyone. There was an executive. He um, he was over a major chain of hotels, right? Uh, and he decided to take a break one day and he went outside and, you know, he just walked around and the garbage men that was assigned to his um, area where his motel was located, they were outside. And um, one of them struck up a conversation with the executive and um, the conversation went into the uh, garbage man began to give him some suggestions and the garbage man said to the executive you know if I was you I would sell pizza in my motel and he said because you cannot believe the number of pizza boxes we pick up in the trash at motels and hotels well the executive he listened he didn't dismiss 
the idea. You know, sometimes people dismiss ideas because they think they come through people that they wouldn't come through. But one thing I want you to know is never dismiss anyone. I don't care what level you think they're on. Never dismiss people because inside of everyone is the capacity to be innovative, right? Well, this executive, he listened. He humbled himself. He listened to this, uh, the garbage man, and he installed pizza ovens in his chain. And guess what, y'all? You know, it blew up. He had great results. And guess what he realized? He realized he was missing out on a huge market, right? He was missing out. Now, yes, he was the executive. Yes, after you hear an innovative idea, sometimes you think to yourself, why couldn't I have thought of that myself? Well, guess what? You know, we're not designed to think of everything. You know, innovation is a team sport. I always say that. It takes more than just you. You got to be humble enough to listen to people around you if you want to be innovative, right? Well, I thank you for listening today. I hope that this sparked an appetite in you. You ever walk into someone's home and they were cooking and before you entered their house, you wasn't really hungry. But once you got in their house and they were cooking something, you're like, mm, I smell that. That smells so good. Oh, I wasn't hungry, but mm, this is stirring an appetite in me. Well, that's what this is designed to do. I want to stir an appetite in you to hear more about being innovative because you are sitting on ideas. You are sitting on creativity. Do you know within yourself? So there are some ideas, there are creativity, there are designs inside of you that have not yet been released. And people are waiting for your innovation. So I just want you to know that, yes, you have the capacity and the desire to be innovative. And God put that in you. The creator of all the universe put the power within you to be creative. You just have to learn how to move yourself out the way and yield to the process of growth and transformation. You know, until next time, um, until we get to session two of innovation, I want you to start with a simple, simple task. Simple task, y'all. I want you to look at the things in your life right now. I want you to look at different areas of your life. And I want you to ask yourself, where can you be more innovative? Where can you be more creative? Where have you allowed yourself to become stuck? Hmm? What, what have you procrastinated in so long that you are stuck and haven't realized? Well, guess what? We're going to get you unstuck. That's what um, we're designed to do here at uh, Relentless Pursuits Podcast. Um, we're designed to help you get unstuck. So, you know, until next time, I want you to enjoy your afternoon. But just I want you to remember this thought right here. You know, sometimes comfort, it's not an indication that you're where you need to be. Sometimes it's an indication that you need to grow. Have a wonderful afternoon.